If you have your Bibles, if you would turn with me, we're going to be different places in the Word of God tonight, but I'm going to start off in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55, and if it's all right, I'm going to read that entire chapter tonight. So I just feel like I need to read that entire chapter of Isaiah 55. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, isn't it? Amen. I'm so glad that each and every one of you came to join us uh, tonight to worship the Lord and uh, to fellowship. Um, as you're getting there to Isaiah 55, I want to let you know that on um, Sunday, October the 29th, that's a little ways out, I'll let you know that we're going to have a uh, family uh, fall party here at the church. Uh, that evening, that's a Sunday night, so we're going to be telling you more about that. Uh, it's going to be a good time of fellowship. We're going to try it. If the weather's nice, we're going to have that outside. Uh, hopefully have a fire pit. We're going to have a uh, tent out there in the grassy area. Maybe have some of the uh, old-time games for the kids. So if you want to be a part of that and you want to help us out, uh, come alongside of us and volunteer and uh, be a part of that, let me know. Uh, we're putting together a a group of people to uh, kind of be over the games, and uh, it's just going to be uh, just a good time, just fellowship. That's what we're going to do. It's going to be our fall party. That's October the 29th, the Sunday night. We're going to let you know more about that, but I want to let you know about that tonight so you can kind of be thinking about that. If you want to be a part of that as far as being a part of a team uh, to put that together, uh, come see me or my wife, Dina, and then uh, we can talk to you more about that. But We'll share more as the, the days get closer. So that'll be here before you know it, won't it? Is it hard to believe that we're next Sunday is going to be October the 1st? Isn't that crazy? Where has this year went? I mean, I'm telling you. Also, next Sunday night will be our worship night. That's the first Sunday night of the month. So it seems like we just had one because we had to switch up the schedule a little bit this month. But this next Sunday night, that's coming up. Uh, that's going to be a worship night. Are you with me in Isaiah chapter 55? All right. We're going to read this entire uh, chapter tonight. So uh, it's a little bit to read, but uh, I just want, to, want you to hear the word of the Lord tonight. It says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for which is not bread, and you labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me, hear me, that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declare the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out in joy. I'll read that again. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that you shall not be cut off. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for a word that is for us tonight. There's so much, Lord God, that we just read in that chapter in Isaiah. God, so many sermons that have been preached and taught uh, out of this passage. So many nuggets, Lord God, for us to, to just take hold of and to apply to our life and to keep close. And Father, the remainder of this time, God, I just pray that I be a mouthpiece. Father, I speak your words tonight, uh, for they are true and they are alive tonight, Lord. We give you praise and all glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So there's a lot in there, wasn't there? Have you heard uh, maybe at least one sermon out of that passage before? Yeah, yeah. We, how many pastors we got in the house tonight? I know. Brother Blind, Brother Lucas, brother back there. So, I mean, we have several pastors that are here tonight. Uh, so uh, I know that I'm sure one of you have preached out of this probably several times, right? So... Uh, And teachers in the house today, I know that we've taught out of Isaiah 55 many, many times. And tonight, what I want to share out of there in different places throughout Scripture, uh, I want to share about the joy of the Lord tonight. The joy of the Lord is important for us, isn't it? Would you say that the joy of the Lord is a pillar uh, to the believer? It's a foundational thing, isn't it, joy? Uh, So joy is very important to us. It's important to me. It's important to you. It's important to every one of us uh, who proclaim Jesus Christ, joy. We're going to get to Nehemiah here in just a little bit. And there, just like in Isaiah, there's one of those famous passages of scriptures where it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. You've heard of that, haven't you? It is our strength tonight. So uh, I want to continue to have the joy of the Lord in my life, and I know how important that that foundational pillar is uh, for myself and for you as well. A.W. Tozer said this, he's a a Christian author, and um, he says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I thought that was a pretty interesting uh, statement that he made. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing uh, about us. Some refer to God as almighty. Uh, They think of him as uh, uh, everlasting, some as sovereign. And there's many different names that we can 
have for God and the way that we see him. And they're all true, aren't they? Isn't he sovereign tonight? Isn't he almighty tonight? Not just tonight, every, he is. That's who he is. That's, that's uh, his characteristics. That's just, that's who God is. He is the El Shaddai. I love that song we sang this morning too. I mean, you heard that song this morning, El Shaddai, Adonai. I mean, so many wonderful names of the Lord, and they're all true. And um, there's one thing about the Lord. He wants us to have joy. You know, the Almighty wants us to have joy. The All-Sufficient One wants us to have joy. There are so many scriptures in the Word of God about joy. So many scriptures. How many want joy in your life? Be honest. You want joy? I mean, would anybody be in here tonight and be like, I just don't like joy? Uh, Amber raised her hand. Leave it up to my cousin to be the only one. Right? But uh, it's going to be hard to find somebody who's going to be like, I just don't want joy in my life. Now, I've had, I've been around people who it just really seems like they have no joy, right? You ever been around somebody that just seems like they have no joy? Right? And, and that's sometimes hard to be around people who have no joy. Um, joy is one of those things I think is so important that uh, I really don't mind teaching on or preaching on it many times because it is something that we definitely need to maintain in our life daily. Joy is one of those things that uh, it does take maintenance, doesn't it? How many of you know that joy takes a little maintenance to keep it? Right? Hey, we're family in here tonight. It's just us. Right? It's just us. We're talking. It, it sometimes it's just it's hard to maintain joy in your life, especially when there seems like there's so many joy robbers out there, right? There just seems like there's so many things. Many things can be joy robbers, right? And if your spouse is hitting you in the side, just ignore that, okay? Because uh, I'm not sure what's going on over there, Jay and Cindy, but... Right? So things can be joy robbers, there are things in the world that can be joy robbers. The news can be a joy robber, right? If, if, you're, if you're looking at the news and you're watching the news, it can be a joy robber. It can just absolutely rob your joy. If, if you're watching that and you see what's going on, and if you're not careful, it can just sap that right out of you, it seems like. You know, you can just let life's circumstances uh, just take that right out of you. And... If we were all honest, we'd be like, yeah, I really know when that happens that that verse is so true that joy is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. You know that that would be so true because whenever you don't have it, how many of you just feel like, ugh, right? How many people, if, <laughs> you all don't want to be honest in here tonight, do you? Right? When you don't have joy, you don't want to be around people. Right? See? All right? I mean, but it's true. I mean, when it's hard whenever you don't have it to want to be around people who do have it. You know? Whenever you don't have it and you've experienced it, like you know what it's like to have the joy of the Lord, and then for whatever reason... Uh, your maintenance has been lacking and, and it's slipping, right? The joy, you don't really have it. You don't really feel it. And so when you get around people who have it, it's like, I don't really want to go over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
But maybe you do. Maybe you want to be around that. And that's great. So I just want to go throughout the word tonight talking about the joy of the Lord. We know it is foundational. Um, for some people, um, and uh, I'm sure we all know someone that um, their joy, their happiness has been hijacked. And uh, we just, uh, I know what it's like to have your joy hijacked. You know what I mean? Just to have your happiness hijacked, it seems like. And uh, it's not a fun place to be. It's not a good place to be. So some don't even know it's missing. That's, uh, that's a sad thing. But how many of you know that God cares about your happiness? He really does. Would you agree with that tonight, that God cares about your happiness? God wants you to enjoy this life. He wants you to enjoy. He does. I mean, God absolutely wants us to enjoy the life, his creation. He wants us to enjoy it. I don't see God ever as, well, they're just having too much fun, so I'm going to have to do something about that, right? No, he's like, I want you to have life. And I want you to have it even more abundantly, right? He's like, I want you to enjoy this life that I'm giving you. Ecclesiastes 8.15, it says, And I commend joy, for man has nothing better under the sun but to eat and drink and be joyful, for this will go with him in his tale through the days of his life that God has given him under the sun. So Ecclesiastes is one of those books in the Bible that it gets a little deep, doesn't it? And they use a little bit of poet, poetry and different imagery and different wording. But uh, we know that joy is essential for the Christian life. It is very essential for the Christian life. Joy is an overflow of a spirit-filled life. Joy. John 15, 11 says this, that these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you. And that your joy may be full. Joy is our responsibility when we talk about joy. See, joy is not God's responsibility, is it? Nobody wants to answer that question. Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Galatians 5.22, you could go there and you can see that joy is a fruit. And he wants you to have all the fruit. He's not up there saying, well, you can't have love, right? Right? He, he's not saying, well, you just can't have that. He's not saying that you can't have self-control, does he? You can't have kindness. So he wouldn't say that you can't have joy. So joy isn't God's responsibility, it's our responsibility to have joy. That's why I said earlier, it's our responsibility to maintain joy. Right? It is a, it's something that I have to do as, you know, Raji. I have to maintain the joy in my life. If, if I let circumstances um, distract me, and I let things if the world distract me, or if I let physical well-being distract me, those all can be things that, not, they're not the real things, right? But if I'm not careful, 
they will rob me of my joy. Right? They will. If you're praying about a circumstance and that circumstance doesn't turn out the way that you think, it will, if we're not careful, rob us of our joy. Am I being truthful tonight? Anybody ever experienced anything like this? You know, it's just one of those things that we have to try and, 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 and keep strong in our life is the joy. We have to keep it vibrant in our life is the joy. And it's, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do, but it is something that is a must for us. And it's our responsibility. Joy is not something that just happens to you. It's something God wants to do through you. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Nehemiah chapter 8, 10. That's a familiar verse. Um, what you have going on in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 is you have the children of Israel that uh, they just came back from being in exile for years. They've been, been away for a long time. And Ezra and uh, Nehemiah, they were there leading the, the children of Israel. They were bringing them back into Jerusalem. And they got up, and it says that Ezra got up on a platform, and he just opened up the book. So he just got up on the platform, he opened up the book, and all the people just basically responded because he opened up the word and they wanted to hear what the word said. It wasn't any kind of fanfare. It wasn't anything leading up to it. He just basically got up and he began to read from his word. And they said they responded. The, the, the response from them was one of, they looked inward and said, oh my. They, they, they saw and they heard their their condition that, of how they were living. And it said that they were weeping and mourning uh, before Ezra and the word of God. That's what it says. That's what was happening there. But I love that, you know, the Lord is so gracious, isn't he? Isn't he so loving? And it's hard for me, you know, when... when when there's a misconstrued idea of how God is, how he is not a loving God, right? Because whenever I pick up his word and I start reading his word and I see just like here in Nehemiah of how much he loved his children, right? He knew that they were not perfect. He knew that they were not living the way that they should be living. Right? But they came back home. There was a homecoming that took place. Did anybody hear any more um, stories like this throughout the Bible? You, you ever heard of the, the prodigal son, right? I mean, he went out and done his thing, and then he came home to a father that greeted him and ran to him. And, you know, this is God. I mean, he, he says right here in this word, right here in Nehemiah that, you know, he knew that they were not perfect and they were mourning because they were recognizing their condition. They knew how they were. 
But yet he goes on here in Nehemiah 8.10 and says that the joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He didn't rebuke them. He didn't condemn them. But they were instructed to do this, to celebrate. They were to celebrate. He said, go get food. Go back to Nehemiah and read that when you get a chance later. He said, go get some food. Go get some drink, and I want you to celebrate. You're going to celebrate because here's what's happening. I am going to be your strength. The joy of the Lord is going to be your strength. They were his, and he loved them. They were back, and he couldn't be happier. He loves it when we have joy. You know that? Don't you think that God loves it whenever his sons and daughters are joyful? Right? He loves it when we, when we walk in that abundant life and we have the joy unspeakable and full of glory. How wonderful it is. Think of the testimony it is uh, to people around us whenever uh, there are things going on in your life. Right? And they see that you have joy that's they can't even begin to express. How how do you have this joy? Can I tell you something here? There's a lady uh, of our community that was part of this church, Vernon Metcalf. And I tell you what, we went up there to visit with Mike. In case you don't know, Mike Metcalf is at Methodist Hospital had a motorcycle accident and my dad and, and Ed we went up there to uh, visit uh, about a week ago and can I tell you this for a woman who her husband is in there fighting for his life I'm not saying she's not had moments right and she may come back to watch us I don't know but that woman I mean she encouraged me up there dad I know she encouraged you. Here she was in a moment, you know, of, of just, I, I couldn't imagine. But here she is, and I could see and I could sense the joy of the Lord in her life, getting her through the circumstances. She didn't call upon the joy after the fact. It was something that was already there. You see, that's the thing is, we got to have the joy before the trial. Because if you wait for the joy in the trial, that's going to be hard. Anybody with me tonight? You, you know what I'm saying? When, when, when times get rough sometimes and circumstances arise, it's hard to just come up with the joy of the Lord in that moment. It's hard. That's why it's important to have it, to maintain it, to let it thrive in your life. Don't be lackadaisical in your joy. Make joy a priority in your life. Wake up and purposefully say, I want to have joy today. You know, we can do that, right? We're going to declare that I'm going to have joy today. You know, declare that if, if the word of God declares that the joy of the Lord is our strength, then that is an important thing for us as believers. 
because I want to be strong in the Lord. I want to be strong in the Lord, and I want to have the joy of the Lord. I want to have the joy of the Lord in my life. The joy of the Lord gives us strength to reach God's provision of love and salvation. Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love, and he will exalt you, exalt over you with loud singing. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Isaiah 12, 3, it says, With joy you draw water from the wells of salvation. Joy is not a luxury, is it? Some of you might be like, what are you talking about? Joy is not a luxury. It's, it's not even optional. What we're trying to get at is it's not even optional to you. Don't even look at joy as being an option. Look at it as a must. It is something foundational. It's something I have to build upon is joy in my life. Joy is crucial. The world tells you that joy is rare and fleeting emotion and only few can experience on a regular basis. Joy is a real force. And the devil doesn't have anything that can stand up against joy. Does anybody in here think that the devil is more powerful than the joy of the Lord in your life? Because if God says and declares that it's strength, and any strength from the Lord is so much greater than anything the devil can throw at you. Whenever I see statistics and I read statistics or I just talk to people and I hear the depression and I hear the anxiety and I just, I mean, I'm talking about, we, we had high school students here just recently in a youth meeting and them telling us that depression is just running rampant in, in high school, right? And, and I know that it is running rampant in the lives of just people, you know, not just in believers and non-believers. It's just something that is like a plague, isn't it? And if you've ever felt and, and battled depression in here, you know that it is real. Until I had a, a, a season of depression, I dismissed it, right? I dismissed it as just something to get over, just get it out of your head, right? But whenever I encountered it, and I really believe I encountered the depression because my joy was not being maintained, and I fell into a season of that, and it was a dark season in ministry, huh, right? I was in ministry in Indianapolis, didn't want to get up out of bed. I, I was fine just staying under my covers, having all the lights off, and withdrawing from everything and everyone. That's where I was at. I didn't want to encounter anybody. I didn't want to get a call from anybody in the church. 
You know, that's a dangerous place, isn't it? And it's all right if we're quiet in here tonight because I know it's true. I absolutely know it's real. But I absolutely know how to combat it and to fight it and to have up things where it's not going to infiltrate my life like it did before. And I know that one of those things, if not one of the main things, is the joy of the Lord in my life. And I had to make a conscious effort to say, Lord, does anybody else think like that? That sometimes you just got to be purposeful in what you do, right? Sometimes you just got to be purposeful, and I got to speak words out of my mouth, right? I, I, have to be, I have to be speaking in which a way that it's not coming back on me to where I'm just inviting all that stuff to come back in on me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to give you any access to that, Satan. Because he would love nothing more than to get somebody, you know, especially in ministry or any believer, and make them ineffective. He, he loves doing that. He, he, he gets his kicks off of making, you know, us ineffective. That's, that's, he, he loves doing that. So uh, maintaining joy is very crucial. Very, very crucial. And it is a real force. I'm almost finished tonight. It's not going to be very long tonight. So joy chases away depression. Trials of life surely come, but one of those blessings of being a Christian is that we have joy and peace no matter what our circumstances are. When you put your focus on the goodness of God and his word, it is impossible to be depressed. It's true. When you put your focus on the goodness of God and his word, and sometimes that can be a, a <laughs> anybody know that it can be really hard to do that? It, it can be difficult whenever you have things that you're confronted with to still realize the goodness of God. Keeping the focus on the goodness of God, right? And His Word. Absolutely. And Aaron, you're just one of the people in here tonight that we could all go around the room and we could share stories because it is a real thing. And shame on us if we never want to talk about it or we don't want to confront it. Because it's one, of the, it's one of the things that plagues believers more than just about anything that I would say is depression and anxiety.
depression is self-focused. It is. But joy is God-focused. Joy will help you receive from God. I'm going to leave you with this tonight. Joy doesn't complain or grumble. Joy doesn't crumble to self-pity at the slightest bit of negative news. Joy talks back to difficult situations with the word of God. Aaron, just like what you said. Joy isn't easily defeated, but it is empowered by the authority of Christ Jesus. Joy is optimistic. It's not pessimistic. Joy encourages and doesn't tear down. Joy is a pleasure to be around. Isn't that true tonight? Would you bow your heads with me tonight? I'm going to ask you one question as we get ready to leave tonight. And I just, I want to know how to pray. If you would be honest, here before the Lord this, tonight, and you say, I just, I know what you're talking about, Pastor. I've encountered depression. I know what it's like. Would you just raise your hand if you would just, just you can lift it up, slip it back down. Doesn't mean that you're in it right now. Doesn't mean you're depressed right now. It's just it means that you have you have been in a moment of that, a season of that before. Anybody here tonight that just says I need I need a little more joy in my life? Would you just raise your hand, slip it up, and you can slip it back down? You see, I know that the Lord is on target tonight. The Holy Spirit is because we're living in days that we need to have the joy of the Lord as our strength. And that when things happen in the world, that it does not get us off focus and pull us down, but we keep our eyes upon the Lord. Father, we thank you for tonight. God, you know, Lord, the hands that were raised here tonight, God. And Father, I just pray right now that you would just begin um, to minister the only way that you know how, Lord God. God, they've heard the word tonight. I, I, I know that the word has went out, Father. God, we know that your word says that you want us to, to live a, a joy-filled life, God, because it, it is our strength. Our joy in you is our strength. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have times where we go through circumstances, but, God, that we can hold on to your goodness and keep that in our focus. God, the enemy would love nothing more to keep us down in, de in depression or stress or anxiety or uh, any of those things to make us ineffective. But, God, we know that you love us so much. And, God, you have given us, Lord Father, all the things that we need. God, you've given us each other. God, as brothers and sisters, that we can encourage one another. And we can call upon one another. And uh, we can strengthen one another in prayer. But, God, we know that we have to rely on you. Father, you've given us the joy, just like you've given us the other fruits of the Spirit. But, Father, I pray that we would maintain that, Lord God. God, that we would let it just be uh, in our lives every day, that we'd be purposeful in uh, pursuing the joy of the Lord and uh, thinking about uh, the way that we uh, would speak throughout the day and what we would invite into our, our minds, Lord God, and we think about uh, the things that are going on around us. 
Lord, we just thank you once again for an opportunity to be in the house. 